What is up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? My name is Jade, and I could not be more thrilled to have the whole team in my apartment tonight. Simon Anderson, how are you going, mate? Jade Farrow, good to be here in the flesh. Good to uh, get together for the silly season and uh, get a podcast, uh, Kanohi Kite Kanohi, face to face. So it's. Uh, just feels like a privilege to be here and uh, thankful uh, to, to, to be able to get one of these done before Christmas. It's a vibe. We got this t- side is going right now. That's right. We um, we're calling this one the Red Traffic Light Special. <laughs> I've got these glasses on for no apparent reason. Uh, let's just see if this is long enough. Is that going to be long? Well, not. No. It's all right. We'll cross that bridge. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll work with that. Simon's uh, headphones are gone flat, but welcome back to another episode of the Here Is What We Know podcast. As I said, the whole team's here. We've got a whole bunch of stories to run through with you this afternoon. But before that, a question of the day. And this one is a little bit on the hop, so we don't have the usual heads up display for you. But I wanted to ask the whole team, since we're all together, what has been the most standout moment of 2021 for each of you? <sighs> like, it should be easy, because it should just be <laughs> like, boom, that's it for me. Yeah. Standout moment. Oh, That's really tough. I don't know. There's lots of lots of things have happened, but I don't know what really stands out as the moment. Nothing jumps straight to mind. I'm gonna to have to think on it a second. Okay, yeah. Hannah, you got one. Um. I thought I'd make it least philosophical since we're doing this one <laughs> on the hop. Uh. I. It's, it's a real tough one. I don't really have a specific one. But I think um, more I'd put it to things that have changed that have really stood out to me is um, the 4pm stand-ups from our Prime Minister. I think they're 1pm now. Oh, 1pm stand-ups. See, I don't, <laughs> I don't watch them. No, thank you. Um, don't need to keep on this morbid... Talking about morbid... Um, COVID and how terrible it is. So I think that's really stood out to me and just how it's affected the human rights and how it's trying to abuse mm. um, New Zealanders' rights and trying to abuse and trying to push people towards a certain viewpoint without telling them the true facts. I think for me the standout moment, and this is a really small one, but back in August when the Prime Minister said this was going to be short and sharp. Like, I still remember that, and I remember vividly that she said um, we're initially going in for a period of three days. So that that stuck with me. I've been obsessed with that uh, three days. We're going in for a short, sharp lockdown. It could be longer than three days. We're going to reevaluate. We'll come back to you. It's all fine. 
and now we're at a stage where we've got full-on um, vaccine mandates quite quite a broad stroke of expectation for the for the vaccine and, and yeah that's pretty standout for me Diggs by the way uh, thank you for joining the chat we really appreciate you coming out what's up and uh, I think the highlight moment for me uh, just to kind of keep it I guess on brand with your, your <laughs> was a moment in time when there was a there was a, a gunshot victim in our Auckland city and there was a couple news stories around at the time about how this gunshot victim was going to be added to our COVID death toll and the news were making it up like oh it, it's just a formality it's just part of the rules how he was identified having COVID and that he must be added to the to the list and then it'll he's and it'll work itself out but like for me it just kind of stressed and highlighted the point where we don't always as a society do the most straightforward or common sense thing we just follow the rules and and do stupid shit like that and mm. forever put doubt on our statistics like that because when everyone talks about the COVID death toll are they including a gunshot victim we'll never mm. know because the people who make the decisions never come out in a month's time and say oh hey by the way we've actually ruled that that guy who got shot to death didn't really die of COVID and isn't part of the death toll. That never happens. They never say that. So, I mean, that was, a bit, I guess, a bit of a highlight for me, was seeing that moment and seeing the press coverage of it, and it just really opens your eyes to to um, just what the point of the press is. Yeah, you, you make a good point there, Simon, and then my brain goes to what is the incentive for, for seeking a higher number? Like, doesn't that seem like a very low bar for entering a COVID case? It seems like almost below <laughs> ground level. Uh, yep. It's a negative bar. That that guy got shot. Regardless, yeah. regardless of how deathly ill of COVID you were, it was definitely the gunshot wound that did the killing rather than the COVID, right? Like if you yep. if you're in bed, if you're in an ICU bed in hospital because of COVID and someone walks up to you and pulls the trigger sorry to say but you died from a gunshot wound (laughs) (laughs) rather than the COVID you were in the hospital for yeah Mm, and of course as as the as the title says we we are in uh, red traffic light settings and it's a bit of a minefield if I could just um, flag this with the team here it's hard to know who's doing what and when because they've kind of drawn a line in retail but I think people are interpreting retail differently have you noticed that Simon? I haven't really gone out into the uh, wild to, to 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 see how the system's played out just yet so hard to know but just yet the different, the different traffic lights and how they're applied to different industries uh, so uh, I don't know, just disparate and, and really disjointed. It just makes no sense when you can have congregations of certain groups of people without restrictions in some businesses and then with other businesses that's much more restricted uh, when you know potentially the risk profile of either of, of those industries is very different. Uh, except, except for one thing, and I'll tell my story, then we'll come to you, Hannah. 
So you can be in a mall, Simon. You can be in a mall. Like, you can walk around the mall. You don't need a vaccine pass. You And you can actually enter most uh, of the um, shopping facilities. I go to EB a bit. Just picked up the new Forza Horizon, for example. Um, <laughs> and, um, but as soon as I come out of the EB and I go towards the... Uh, Starbucks in the middle, like like there's a kiosk there. It's not really a store. It's kind of in the middle of the mall. You go there, and sorry, you need your pass. The big thing with that too, not only that is, so we went there on Friday. No, she didn't ask for our pass, and then on Saturday we went there. Yeah. She almost asked for our pass, and it was almost like she was talking to us like. Oh, um, well, I'm not going to serve you, not just like about, it wasn't just about your seating arrangement. No, no, I said this to Simon offline, she said, oh, you can buy your coffee, but you definitely can't sit here. Yeah. She was so blunt, it was so rough. Yeah, and but then there's probably like four metres away in that same wall, there is um, more seating in the and the mall seating is actually returned so and there's no restriction on that but you've been doing a lot of surfing and stuff like that Simon yeah yeah. no there's no COVID restrictions or vaccine passports out in the ocean yet yeah not yet no. <laughs> <laughs> there was I tell you what though uh, on Friday afternoon because it was freedom day there is this beach out west uh, or I can't actually remember the proper name for it, but most people call it Moldy Bay, which is next to Mexico Muraway, and uh, it's a great beach for beach art because the car park in the road is pretty much vertically above the sand, and so the tide goes out. People do lots of massive drawings on the sand, uh, and, and when the tide goes out, it makes a pretty good nice. picture. But somebody had written pretty much across the whole beach in massive letters "Freedom," and then a big bird. So it's, I guess maybe some sort of message potentially. Mm. I mean, I read into it just because I know the community out that way and their vaccination rates probably aren't that high. And it was probably a bit of a sarcastic message of you know that it's not true freedom that we've experienced uh, so far. And, uh, sure. and there was actually a, there was a lady. Uh, I'm not gonna you know make a joke out of whatever she was doing because who kn- who knows she might be doing some sort of spell to um undo all this madness but she had a little drum in her hand and she was she was walking the lines that she'd drawn and was just tapping the same beat and I don't know what she was saying but she was either singing or something so it was some sort of ritual experience for her uh, so I mean yeah Friday meant a lot of a lot to different people oh amazing and um I, I, I'm gonna stay on this but go on a slight tangent here so have you, have you found it difficult to stay motivated, Simon? Like, how much of that are you willing to share? Totally. I mean, when when <laughs> you are following what's going on globally and, and um, I guess, you know, on a macro scale and what's happening on a countrywide scale here, it's hard not to um, to find some of the, the factors that we're dealing with really unset, unsettling or, or just, yeah, frustrating. So it, it does cloud your long-term vision it makes mm. it hard for you to to put faith that your routine will just continue to be uh, continue to serve you because mm. at any moment you could be thrusted from your routine uh you know the, if you are 
any sort of invested in tra uh, stocks or crypto, you can totally see what's happening in terms of the value of money and realize that we're, we're you know, dancing with a, a severe recorrection, re I think, on the head, you know, in the horizon. I, I was doing some research as I always do for the show and I'm not sure if we'll have time for it today, but there, there's a bill out for discussion around a um, digital currency for New Zealand issued mm. by the New Zealand Reserve Bank. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I was just um, checking in with some of the Telegram groups I follow and they were talking about there only being a few days left for submissions uh, for the bill, but yeah, I, I was aware that it was coming up. Terrible idea. <laughs> terrible idea leave the crypto to the crypto people but um without further ado ladies and gentlemen we are gonna head into the stories and simon uh, i believe that you've agreed to go first yes i have indeed so here's what we've got yeah so the title says covid19 shameless and mis shameless and very misguided in quote marks uh, new market protesters cost local stores. So what we've got there is an article from uh, RNZ with a bit of a, uh, an opinion from the local <laughs> business association. So um, what they've done is they've said that this uh, group of protesters that uh, gathered on Saturday to get their message out there caused hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of, worth of lost business. Uh, to the businesses of, of New Market. And on some level, I can kind of understand where they're coming from with um, with businesses being uh, locked down and closed for so long and, and now only being able to open up to uh, vaccinated people. Mm. And they clearly wanted to make as much advantage of those um, vaccinated people as possible. You know, first week of freedom, people were just dying to get rid of their money. So, of course, the businesses of Newmarket were expecting to kind of rake it in this week. But there is a counterside to this story, and the fact is that there was thousands of people who gathered on the first Saturday of summer in Auckland City on average weather uh, and got together to advocate for a common cause and to, to highlight a part of our society that, we, that lots of people don't agree with. And there's no way any sort of protest is ever going to be effective without any sort of inconvenience being caused on some other party. That's not the protesters. This is how it works. I will point to um, Black Lives Matter's post uh, protests all over the states. Mate, oh my and god! And they're just relentless destruction and riots. But um, you know, they never called sh they were never called shameless and very misguided. You know, they they were made of the the, the news were apologists in, in their behaviour and made excuses for them. So it just sh goes to show like how manipulative and uh, one sided the media are, and they they're there to to support one side, and that's the government really. Staying with your point around Black Lives Matter, was there any burning of buildings or grotesque looting of the beautiful street of Broadway, which I frequent so often? Well, so I was there myself for <laughs> most of the protest. I missed some of the speeches at the beginning, but I walked, I did the full walk pretty much, and 
most of the people on the side of the streets were pretty much in support or in good spirits, thumbs up. There were people yeah. in all the plazas waving and smiling and, you know, people people who were who obviously couldn't join the protest but, you know, were like, Yeah, we support you, you know, we, we wish you're fighting for us kind of stuff and uh, it's not it's, this is obviously just one group of people that they've asked for an opinion because they knew this is exactly what they were going to write and this sort of outrage gets attention from people like us and other people and it makes it easy for like a, a, a piece of like news for housewives to kind of throw around with their neighbours and, and talk about the, the, the rabble of the protesters disrupting their coffee and their shopping spree on a Saturday mm. in Newmarket. There's been a lot of parallels drawn between the uh, Freedom and Rights Coalition and obviously Brian Tamaki because he, he's a firm firm supporter of the movement. Should, should people be making those links? Well, I mean, he wasn't there because he's risking, I think, <laughs> jail, proper jail time now if he attends just for the time being. But, I mean, clearly he is linked in some way because he's supportive of the organisation how linked and how intimately involved in decision making for their actions as a, as a group he is I, I couldn't tell but I mean he is the most well known name and I think he's helpful for the average uh, New Zealand citizen to, um, to use as like a scapegoat for the anti- establishment side because most people know who he is right like I think he's I think he's the perfect person for the media to put up as the one person leading up all the resistance because everybody knows who he is and he's often been made out to be a bit of a buffoon in the media and multiple times so I think he's the perfect guy for the media to, to, to pin up and say hey this is the this is the leader of the the resistance how credible can they be are you surprised there's not more activity around protests or, or at least um, resisting these mandates slash vaccine passes are you surprised that it's really just the freedom and rights coalition so I'll lead out and say that I'm, I'm really surprised like like you you made parallels uh, for us with what's going on in Sydney, I believe it is. Is that right? Oh, Melbourne's the most. Ma- Melbourne, okay. Yeah, that's, the, that's what's going on there. Yeah, so so they're going for gold, and they definitely don't like what's going on, and I, I sort of see the Freedom and Rights Coalition as, as really key to the resistance movement, but also they're, they're quite small comparatively. Is that a fair... I'm not sure. I wouldn't really know about the size. And oh, just from what oh. you see in the videos. Oh, right. Oh, I mean... <laughs> yeah, in comparison to, like, the population of Auckland, yeah, the group is pretty small. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's still enough people, and I tell you what, and it's not all the same people that I was saying to a couple of my friends. There is uh, uh, such a diverse group of people at those protest it's not just one fringe group of society getting out and saying enough is enough there looks like there is a pretty decent cross-section of, of Auckland city at those protests from young to old to different ethnicities religions 
all sorts. They were all there. And I even said, I was like, you know, where's all the white supremacy? Where's, where's all the violence? It was, <laughs> yeah. it was such a peaceful vibe. You had the Hare Krishnas dancing and, um, and, and you know, singing up the road and everybody was just um, having a good time. It was very good. It was very good uh, experience for me. So, uh, so uh, reflecting what you're saying, would you say people would be surprised at the people that were there, like like people you wouldn't necessarily expect, just totally regular old Kiwis? Yeah, people that you would definitely not look at twice in the street. Excellent, Hannah. What are your reflections about uh, these protests and stuff like that? Because uh, because I I I've said this offline to a bunch of people. I'm actually, it's been a source of hope for me, is what I've said to people. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And um, kind of going back to the title of how they've represented the, the protest is actually so wrong. And then those two people, people are as well against those who they think are anti-vaxxers I just think blowing it out of proportion and then seeing that it's it's even worse than it is and I think it is so great to see people actually pushing back and it's, it's our bodies we shouldn't be forced to do it and it's so great that there's such a variety of people coming out to this and I do really hope that this does roll on and actually have effects now here's a question and this is for both of you I'll start with Simon like do you think these like not just the one this weekend obviously but do you do you think the protests in totality are having an impact on on uh, the beehive at all absolutely Every single decision they have made regarding the pandemic response is completely political. Pardon me. It is just all about managing people's uh, fear levels so that they are constantly complying with the latest measure that's coming in and, uh, you know, just kind of paralysed and waiting in response. So I think every single part of the response has been um, affected by our perception of what's going on right like the decisions to relax the alert levels and things like that don't seem to be based in science because no markers that the pe- the public were available to, to assess the, the, the pandemic on which is you know case numbers and and, and our values and the spread in the community and, and unlinked cases we saw all that and the numbers were going up and they weren't going down and you had large groups of communities saying we can't go to level three we absolutely can't you're going to kill communities you've got moldy saying send body bags to the regions and what did they do level three they're level three <laughs> and what have they done now traffic light system vaccination rates are so low in other regions and these people are setting up their own makeshift roadblocks uh, what about that sounds like a sound public health based decision um, and, and response to a pandemic yeah well exactly and um Notwithstanding, though, Simon, something that we've we've said on the show many a time, you, you know, based on evidence, um, if you're under the age of sixty, you're 
and you have no pre-existing health conditions, you're quite likely to get over this real fast. That's, that's what the evidence says, right? Even if you get the new Omicron variant, which supposedly <laughs> is a little bit more mild than Delta. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully that kind of spreads around and we all get that, build up some immunity, and we can forget about it. My goodness me. And, and last point I want to make on this before we move to my story is... Is it lost on you about this digital ID thing? No, the, not at all. Because... Because there's also a bill in for that, and I and I can't get past the idea. This is Jade going tinfoil hat now. I can't get past the idea that the my vaccine pass is just like the precursor to us all having to carry some sort of uh, real time confirmation type ID on us at all times. Well, see if you follow the. Uh, documents that groups like the World Economic Forum and the Rockefeller Foundation and the Bill and Gates Foundation have paid to, to produce and share their Agenda 2030 and all of those um, those exercise papers talk about a, a digital ID system that links your bank account, your carbon um, footprint, your social credit score, mm-hmm. your vaccination passport, all of that in with a digital ID that you could even store underneath your skin they took I mean I think we talked about this in a prior podcast about uh, the fact that you can um, you can store vaccination data with ink underneath the skin you know like special not UV specifically but the similar concept uh, that then allows people to have their vaccination sorry, information sorry we're getting right. some feedback mm, I can hear myself uh, yeah. twice yeah just give me a second here Oh, I know where that's come from. Mm-hmm. There we are. Sorry, you were saying? Well, yeah, you were talking about you wondering whether you're going to have to have some single source of every truth piece of ID. Yeah. Well, no, the, if, the, their, their own uh, resources and documents of how they predict the future to unfold talks about going a step further and having that information stored under the skin with special ink that is read by a special scanner that is stored in your skin and there's unalterable. Is that where the microchip rumor came? Because because the pro-choice community basically fell off the wagon as soon as people were trying to claim that the microchips were going in. So, I mean, yeah, it's a very much like uh, Alex Jones <laughs> turning the frogs gay moment. I'm not sure. Have, have, yeah, I've heard, yeah, yeah, I've heard yeah. about that. Yeah, so it's, it's very much so like people go they're putting microchips in the vaccine but what in reality is is that there is the technology being researched and the intention for and the wish and the planning for of people to inject vaccines into or inject liquid or under the idea of being a vaccine into our system that then allows us to be identified and have our information recorded like that and not having to have anything carried on on the person who wins who went with this? Like, like, because I've said to you before, Simon, I try to be, like, try to stay away from conspiracy theories, but, yeah, yeah, the more I hang out with you, the least choice I have around that. <laughs> so, but who wins? Who wins? Well, I mean... When you have a system like that. Yeah, it's the people who... You can move who, a bit closer. Yeah. yeah. 
it's the people who run the system. It's very hard to call them out by name because they spend a lot of time putting uh, structures and people and organizations in power that they aren't necessarily the face of. Um, and you know, <clears throat> if you're paying attention to the to the trial um, of Glay Maxwell at the moment, and I and, have not. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's the theory that that whole pedophile sex ring was just purely to, I guess, satisfy the urges of the of the elite, but also to uh, compromise them and allow them to do the bidding of whoever was in charge of them. So, it, it, there is people. It's hard to call them out by name, basically. Yeah. But there are organizations and people who have amassed just multiple countries worth of wealth for themselves and their families that have the ability to control and have been controlling the main levers of how where's the society work for, for, for just decades really and even mm. centuries in some cases so those people um, if you if you follow some conspiracies believe that the the need for mass population to achieve mass like creation and, and production is, is over now because of the automation and the production of robots wow, so there is this amazing. there is this idea that the vast majority of us are now useless because all we do is just are a drain on um, resources. Resources. So, the idea is that they're extracting as much wealth out of us as, as possible into the upper class and then uh, getting rid of us or turning us into slaves. You know, Squid Games. You're either you're either a rich or you're competing in the Squid Games, and that's what's going to happen. They only want two classes of people: the poor and barely alive, and the uh, just absurdly rich <laughs> my goodness me Hannah any, any thoughts on this before we go to the next story <laughs> yeah no it is fascinating um just to just kind of bring thinking about um theories also too I got um I was speaking to somebody today and they actually told me that they've heard another theory that um oh it's to microchip everyone so that everyone starts using Microsoft 365 and <laughs> and all Microsoft pro- products and so apparently Bill I did Gates not hear that. apparently Bill Gates is um, saying um, that it's being microchipped and actually you'll want to use Microsoft and I thought wow there's so many different conspiracies and it's just so wrong it's like just don't get it i i think i think the point is though is that people are waking up to how little they are actually in control of their own environment yeah no i've also been having another conversation with a few different people they've said they thought oh it was only two shots and they've all said basically oh no we're not getting a booster and I've heard a lot of people say they're not getting the best assignment. I've heard a lot of people say, oh yeah, I did it for the mandate. I did it for my job. They had a corporate mandate. Two, that I think you said something similar to that effect a couple of weeks back about some friends of yours. It's not going to work like that. No, it's not. Like People need to realise, and we got called crazy and insane <laughs> for saying this before they'd even mandated the vaccines in the first place 
that they were going to mandate boosters. There was always going to be a new variant. There was <laughs> yeah. always going to be increased case numbers. There was always going to be lockdowns and masks. And you were always going to have to sign up for boosters until you fell over or who knows what else happened. But there is mm. a continuous program. They are going to continue to make boosters mandated until we all say it's enough. Yeah. And by then... You know, you know. I will say this. I will say this, and then we'll move to the next story. Uh, a colleague of mine, who was jurist, comes from a Jewish background. He's where we were talking one on one, and I'll, I'll I'll keep it brief because one on one conversation should be private. But what one particular thing that I want to share is, is like. You know what's really interesting about the vaccinated and unvaccinated divide? When are they going to announce that the unvaccinated have to wear a yellow star on their clothing so we can visually point them out as we go about society? And if you know anything about history, we all know what the yellow star meant. Yeah, it's... um. I mean, and people, people get really <laughs> upset when some people make the uh, comparison because, uh, you know, the, the, the Holocaust and, and apartheid and these events yeah. in history are just so horrific that people can't make the comparison. Like, people aren't saying COVID-19 man- vaccine mandates are just as bad as, you know, Holocaust, Holocaust and Nazis. No, they're saying... People are saying it's like that. This, you know, it's a lead this, up. Yeah, it's like it. We're heading that way. We're at the beginning. You know, the the there are just far too many similarities for us to be okay with the situation. Mm. We know that our f- neighbors aren't getting marched off to uh, quarantine camps and getting gassed just yet. But um, for the time being, you know, it's 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 just a way for people to just really get it across to others that what's going on isn't right mm. and um, I've thought of a really cool segue um, maybe we have the antidote uh, to Jacindamania on the way uh, and his name his name is Christopher Luxon now this article from Newsroom it's actually really cool it goes into a lot of detail about uh, potential uh, picks for for the new um, uh, caucus. You don't call it a cabinet when you're not elected. You call it a caucus. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just run through some really good ideas. However, Simon Bridges, our mate from last week, has been confirmed as the new uh, minister for finance. And my point in putting this story up I suppose as I wanted to hear from both of you starting with Simon um, what's your hot take on Christopher Luxon is he, is he going to be the antidote we all need to Jacinda, Jacinda Mania probably not I think <laughs> I think I think he's going to be a, another year and a half maybe of free free easy digs from, from the media I think unless Unless he's about to make like a complete image change and appeal a lot more to the center uh, ideological politics and, and things like that, 
they're going to consistently bring up things like his vote on abortion, which they're already doing, or his vote against gay marriage and, and his and his faith, and and they're going to always just point out that he's not progressive and he's not he doesn't represent New Zealand, and I think he's just going to be an easy target unless he makes a significant change in the way he um, he perceives him or people perceive him because at the moment he's not going to appeal to any large enough group of people to get the votes. So hold on, are you saying that the whole of New Zealand is progressive left? More progressive than him. Most of New Zealand is more progressive than him. And the, the votes don't lie actually, so I just shot myself in the face with that one. Because mm. um, Labour currently have a uncontested majority at the moment. It so. would be very interesting to see what that would look like <laughs> in the state election now, because I tell you what, the, uh, the goodwill in the government is not as, uh, you know, deep as it was uh, before the pandemic. Do you think it, do you think it was a good idea to give Simon Bridges a high-ranking position? I don't even know if he's very qualified to be the Minister of Finance. Or the <laughs> they, call, they call him the Shadow Minister, right? When yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I mean, I, I Finance portfolio, my apologies. Yeah. Did I say Minister? Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry for that. Finance portfolio. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I don't really know what sort of credentials he has to, to, to take that position, but he's got, he's still got good will in the public eye and... and um, that's pretty much all that matters in modern politics is how well people are liked so yeah he's worth having uh, in a high ranking position for the time being it's all uh, another scandal hey if he can talk about a stroke game he's human enough for me totally <laughs> Hannah what are, you, what are your thoughts around Christopher Luxon you, you've been absorbing as much content as I have over the last sort of six days Yes. So what do you think? So I think there is hope for Christopher <laughs> Luxton, but I definitely agree with what Simon said. Um, it definitely depends on next steps. Because there's so many people predominantly left, he does need to slightly um, appreciate um, some centre views. Um, How do you know he's not progressive, though? This is right where I get stuck. Maybe this is a black and slow moment. Th that was the next thing I was actually going to say to you is, today I actually saw some content, and he was he's actually sounding like he's hes not half-pie answering and bullshitting you. He's actually giving you the truth. So, and he's... Um, I think there's change, and the other thing that I also like about um, him, which I could really see, is is that him as a leader, and the fact that he hasn't been in, in Parliament for that long, so nah, I do like that. Nah, he hasn't like 500 something days. Yeah, I do like that. So you do like that? Yeah, so I do like that, just that fresh, um, we had... One. John Key's mate. We're John Key's. You know he's John Key's mate. Yeah. So is that is that fresh? Um. Yeah, he's taking advice. <laughs> he's taking advice from John Key, but he is fresh, fresh into politics. And um, I think we've just had some bad, bad luck. I don't. That's not the right words, but 
bad run with the previous leader and um, then from the opposition um, we're not doing so well so I think we could really see some positive moves. Todd, Todd Muller was obviously too beta for the role, so uh, <laughs> yeah. you know couldn't couldn't hack it. You, you know there there was a lot of talks about his uh, mental health. I oh, sorry. One other thing I was just going to say is, um, what I thought was great to see is the honesty about a minister actually telling the truth about oh he didn't have his full understanding of the treaty, but. He could actually basically... He's not a minister. He keeps saying minister. Oh, leader. Leader, sorry. The leader was... Um, didn't have the full understanding of the Treaty of Waitangi, but he could answer most questions, and he was actually saying, well, I'm, I'm expanding my knowledge and talking to experts about this and talking to community. Do you, do you think it's right for the media to be fixating on the seven houses? <laughs> They're seeming to make it a bit of a thing, eh, Simon? Well, it was, I think it was in the context of him opposing uh, <laughs> a housing project, and it was the fact that he was opposing, what was it, what they labelled medium-density homes or something in, in his electorate when, um, when he has seven houses. And it just kind of gives people ammo in that he's got a bit of a vested interest in restricting the housing volume um, and when you've oh, got yeah. seven properties of your own. So, yeah, but there's probably, i tell you what, there is far too many um, dodgy building projects getting the green light or getting retroactively okayed for there to be an okay, like there is allowed to be an okay amount of criticism with some of the housing projects that are trying to be put forward because we could be permanently damaging our environment with our, um, without considering it because we're just trying to beat the need of all the homes and the government's really said you know if you can build new homes find any way you can do it because the housing supply is so buggered and you brought some amazing stories to the stream around you know golf courses and other um high-end you know uh projects i'll just call them projects because they're quite varied that are affecting the environment. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely amazing. Well, that there doesn't seem to be any convincing the guys here that uh, Christopher Luxon is going to be the saving grace of Jacinda Mania. I'll say it again. So do you really think that he could, he's going to be the saving grace? I can only about hope. I, I'm not a... I've not actually formed my whole opinion because he does come across a bit douchey. Yeah. One other, one other question, I remember it now. Simon, do you think running a country is the same as a business? No. In what way? Um, you're not obligated, I guess, to... to Keep your employees alive. Aren't you? <laughs> no. No, not no, you're not supposed to keep them alive. Like you, there's there's rules to keep them safe and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess that are mandated, but there is yeah, it's different in that a country you you aren't 
you aren't supposed to be motivated by profit, right? There is no there's no shareholders that are expecting a dividend in a country. Well, there is in a metaphorical sense. Right? you could make you could make um, uh, yeah, some similarities between a business and a country because as as an as a citizen, I expect my investment in uh, New Zealand to provide me a healthy future and a place safe place to raise my kids. And like in that way, that's my dividend for investing in the way the country works mm. and being an employee and you know working for the country that makes sense so I mean it's it's very similar there is there are similarities that can be drawn but I definitely think there's a difference in that as a while there is a government installed in place of a country there are obligations of that government that um, that you that you actually need to fulfill to keep your people happy Doko makes a, yeah. an amazing point, which I don't think a lot of people would be aware of. I was only most recently aware of this. Uh, most countries are actually registered businesses. Mm -hmm. and, and that is how they were able to obtain um, the loans or, or acquire the debt, as they would put it. And the thing that I was going to say, um, compared to maybe his former employment and what he's done in the past, his big difference is um, country youth, he's got um, multiple portfolios to manage that you then have to, um, not personally have to manage, that is then have to be considered and then um, community needs to have their input in that and Think, whereas company, you just look at it and that um, narrowed mind of it's just one one business, one direction. Um, whereas you need to consider multiple different portfolios and multiple different areas and ranges. I'm actually so glad you said that because um, something I've been talking to Simon about, Simon. It's not necessarily all sunshine and rainbows in terms of uh, ministers taking into account uh, citizens' views. There, there are unnamed officials that don't change depending on the colour of the government. They don't change. What, what, whatever day of the week it is, they're actually in charge. Yeah, isn't that mind blowing? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to, to 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 know whether it's worse than what it's like in America, when all the way down through local government, people lose their jobs every time the the color of the office changes. So uh, you know, like you, you maybe you lose progress, but um, yeah, Doco says the illusion of choice. Very true. Um, definitely does keep us heavy. Uh, what do they say? Left and right, or red and blue—they <laughs> are, um, they are the different wings of the same beast. I think I've said that before on this podcast yeah. too. But um, yeah. and I know I don't like to get into conspiracy theories, but you know they're so fun. I I was, I was kind of taken by the series The House of Cards, and, and how, like, like there was so much truth 
in the fiction of what was happening that you could kind of see that happening in real life even if it never does that there was so much truth in the fiction that it was kind of scary yeah I mean I do believe most of the plots store storylines of House of Cards are based on things that have happened in real life um, may have never been reported on but you know things that uh, become whispers amongst the, the corridors end up in these TV shows because it makes great TV and there's as long as the, you know the names aren't identical then it's only just a, ever a coincidence you know that things might be similar or the character you know, the characteristics might be yeah uh, similar to someone who is in real life yeah it's all just yeah you know it's never really confirmed but they do it on purpose doco says i i'm fed up with conspiracy now i enjoyed them as a story but i've lost a friend to i'm gonna say full crazy now uh that vaccines are going to be activated by 5g waves to wipe out the masses it's getting old I, I've never bought into the whole 5G thing I actually know how phones work <laughs> Simon <laughs> well, everyone says everyone says that oh, the frequency is what what they call non-iodizing radiation but the the whole study of electromagnetic frequencies and ionizing versus non-ionizing radiation is very new very young and the science is still not confirmed on Bluetooth headphones that I'm wearing right now and the damage they might do to your head. Um, I wear them on the daily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I can understand that because of the way 5G works, it's such a high frequency so that it moves a lot quicker through the air but dies out quick, um, quickly. That's just the way it works. Faster and higher frequency won't travel as far. But, um, you know, we haven't done lots and lots of testing in the frequency range and what it could do so we never really know what the ramifications of widespread 5g coverage will do mm. i'm not going to say yeah i think they're installing 5g around the world so they can manipulate <laughs> the vaccine material that we're yeah. going to be injected with to destroy us but i think there's very relevant concerns about the advancement of the technology that are being wound up in the conspiracy talks and ignored that's what I'll say. But, yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, and it's fear that Doco would be a little bit frustrated with, totally. with people, like, literally having that view. I can understand how, how that would just be mind-blowing. That aside, though, I, I've done some perusing on Facebook, and it, it's, um, it's really apparent that for whatever reason, like, like take discovery of the reason out of the equation there are lots of people in New Zealand that are just not up for it right at the moment that's fair and it's it's probably more more people are not up for it than it's probably being quoted I, I know the social justice warriors could hammer down on me for making a statement like that but I truly believe um, it's been understated how many people are just not that keen. Yeah. What no, do you think? I definitely agree. It's... It's just unreal about what is going on in the sense of um, the difficulties and trying to move forward. Um, My rough estimate 
and this is super rough, like I haven't even done a sketch on paper, Simon, but um, I'm estimating around 600,000 of the eligible population uh, still saying, nah, I'm sweet. Yeah. There's still quite a fair chunk of society to kind of mm. exclude. Mm. And Doco says, just like our grandparents cannot use modern day tech like phones, be prepared for the next gen tech to have the same effect on us. Yeah, we don't understand it, we freak out, we we say that aliens are talking to me through it. I mean, what's going to happen when the metaverse really becomes a thing? I know you're not a fan of the metaverse, actually, Simon. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, we got we've got a metaverse already. It's, right there. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for it, but only for for the accessibility aspect. Uh, the, the idea, the idea that I could, whoa, I need to get to this one. Uh, Kaya13, thank you for coming to the stream. Hey! Uh, Kaya says around 1 million Kiwis don't want the Vax. Not sure if Vax people that didn't want it are included in that or not. That, that is amazing. Mm. Uh, Kaya, your your number is certainly bigger than mine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, by a bit of a magnitude, but yeah. But I think it... that would include ineligible children, though, would be my bet. Maybe, yeah. Well, it's, it says there as well, people who got the vax that didn't want it. So it just says around a million kids don't want the vaccine, not whether they don't have it. So maybe there... I mean, a lot... I tell you what, I was at a crate day party yesterday with probably <laughs> yeah. more, than, more than 25 people at it. Did you get through a crate time? No, I didn't drink. I was sober D. I was being nice. Nice. At a crate day party. Yeah. Nice. Nice. This guy, Alvarez. Yeah, I know. Just being real boring and sober and driving mates around. Nah, but and Alpha. Every everybody I talked to, they were there like, bro, I didn't want to get it a just because of work and stuff, or you know, because it's want to travel <laughs> or summer. But none of the people that I talked to wanted to get it, um, which is quite sad. That's amazing, and like one point we haven't actually touched on. At least I hope we haven't, and I've just blacked out about it. The expiry date on the passes. Yeah, I was going to bring it up before. Did you know about that? If no. we can still play our video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll I was going to we'll bring go, it up then. So. That this is a good segue. Mm. So apparently people that have the passes, they only have them for six months. It's literally got an expiry date. Yeah, because well, that's when they're going to mandate the booster then, probably. Yeah. And that's why they already have a booster out. And, um... I know people aren't interested in, in getting boosters. I've t spoken to a lot of people that nah, don't want it. It's becoming a medicine. And people are just trying to put... The government's just trying to call it a vaccine when it's becoming a medicine. If you're having to take something every regularly every six months, you know, that's not a vaccine. Uh, oh, sorry for my bot. I actually thought I turned that off. Um... Doco says, I haven't managed to get the vaccination yet. Uh, not because I don't want it, just because I'm lazy and work long hours. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, 
so I guess I'm just as bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm just not that keen, and I think I've been pretty overt about that on the on the stream. So I mean, there are people that say uh, people are abusing the med safe reporting system at the moment. Do you have a take on that? I, I realise it's not facts, so we're not gonna frame it as facts. Well, every up until before COVID was a thing, everybody just assumed that vaccination injury reports were just across the board vastly underreported. Right? They anywhere between ten to fifteen to twenty, twenty five percent of injuries was what was getting recorded in vaccine injury systems up until COVID. And then the narrative flipped and all of mainstream media was saying, oh, well, you know, everybody, they're self-reporting and everybody and anybody can report to, into those systems. But everybody had agreed up until that point that they were under-reported. And then now there's this distrust in the reporting system and that it could be manipulated to create an agenda. Well, yeah, it is. It's being under-reported to manipulate it to make it seem like there's less people getting injured mm. or sick or hurt from the vaccine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and um, so so you've got a video for us. Um, let, let me just rack that up, Hannah. So we've been... Sorry for the leaning over, by the way. I don't normally do this. But I kind of have to for this one. Uh, Simon, you might not be able to hear this, but, uh, but we'll cover it off later. It's some coverage uh, from CNA... Um, on the so-called Auckland Freedom Day. Is that right, Hannah? Yes. So let, let's play the clip. And then I want to just talk to you a wee bit and... Oh, it's Freedom Day in New Zealand's largest city, Auckland. It has exited lockdown after 107 days. Cafes, bars and restaurants have opened their doors for the first time since August, but only to vaccinated customers. Beautiful space that we've got, and, and I, I, it's really nice just to be able to open that up to the neighbourhood again. So Really excited to finally be out of the house and just meet new people and see other people. It's just like a vibe, just to be here with friends, to be out alive, man. The hospitality and retail sectors, as well as gyms, have opened their doors again. Officials have forged ahead with reopening, despite the country reporting 92 new cases. A new traffic light system is now in force. Domestic border curbs in Auckland are set to end in the middle of this month. International border restrictions will be lifted progressively from January. The government wants to do away with lockdowns and allow normal activity for vaccinated residents. Some restrictions will still stay in place depending on that risk level in each region. Auckland and some areas are under red, that's the highest level. Most other states are orange. Now, this removes the limits on gathering for locations using vaccine passes. There are no regions in the most permissive green zone yet. Tan Siui with more. The clearest indication that the city has come back to life is the Auckland traffic. You know, I was out this morning and the roads are very, very busy. So after more than 100 days of lockdown, fed up Aucklanders can finally go and eat in restaurants and cafes, drink in bars and hit the gym. All this if you're vaccinated. Vaccine passes have come into play. It's a personal QR code that looks like this. That's 
my vaccine pass. So Strange Auckland and Red, there are limits on <laughs> of 100 people uh, in of vaccinated people at gatherings, whereas the rest of the country at Orange, there are no limits if you're vaccinated. But at both settings, if you're unvaccinated, you cannot go to close contact uh, businesses. So you cannot get a haircut. You can't go to events like festivals in summer or go to the gym. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has said that if people want to be able to enjoy the freedoms allowed at every traffic light setting, the safest thing is to get the vaccine. Introducing Speechola, the most natural sounding text. Let me just no, we're not going to do that. Okay, so, big thing that I just want to raise. So this was um, an article from, this was a video from CNA that they, uh, um, the... Wait, before you go, quote of that whole video, it's a vibe, Simon. That's, <laughs> that's why we need to get the vaccine. It's yeah. a vibe. <laughs> and that lady, she was like, I just love meeting you people. <laughs> Hang on, you shouldn't really be able to go and meet new people. You, that's not very COVID safe. Yeah. Right? You're supposed to go out and hang out with your friends in a bar and sit down. You can't go out there and meet new people. I can't believe they just um, they just featured that, that, that irresponsibleness on the, on the news coverage. So this is, um, this is CNA's um, actually <laughs> from, they put in brackets, Taiwan. Oh, wow. It's, they say the state of China. So the state of China is um, China is actually getting this, and I did. I just think it's utterly ridiculous. You know, it was there was a New Zealand um, video also showing that you know people have gone out, taken the days off, and were at bars and um, before lunch, or they were. At, but they're at midnight and had work at 7, 7 a.m. in the morning and they were just saying, yeah, no, we're out at clubs, but we've got Did work you in the hear any stories of people going on midnight runs to the bath? Nah, no, nah, I had a, yeah, I saw a few people that were keen to, um, to, <laughs> to, to ruin their, their weekend plans just for a night out, but. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, there was one. One other thing that I heard is um, one girl said, oh, you know, I've had to drink, for the last 15 weeks, I've had to drink beer out of a can. I was like, you don't have your own glasses, love. (laughs) So she's like, oh my gosh, I've got to go. I get to go out. So for this, I'm thinking, China's actually reporting about the traffic light system. <coughs> I disagree with the traffic light system. We shouldn't be restricting non-vaccinated people. I remember probably about um, five months ago, we had uh, the Director General actually say, when New Zealand, when Auckland yeah, gets to... No, 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 we're not going to do that. When, we're not going to mandate, and <laughs> also too, when, um, when Auckland gets to 90% vaccinated, which we are, um, there's not going to be a big deal on if you're vaccinated or if you're not. This is going to be like, okay, that's fine. Thank you very much. Staying with uh, Dr. Bloomfield, the Director General, yep. what do you make of the revelation that he actually re- recommended the South Island go into level one uh, some time ago? I can't actually remember exactly when. 
Well, that would probably mean that uh, somebody told him that that would look too suspect if the whole South Island went to level one. Um, and, and people would start probably asking questions as to why they need to be locked down at all kind of thing if, if a whole... Uh, so it's I think it's the same reason uh, so, uh, whole industries are getting mandated and whole businesses are getting forced for everyone in their organisations to get vaccinated. It's definitely the message I was told when I was urged to get vaccinated and that, you know, it helps with the image, it helps to toe the line, it helps keep things consistent and fair. And Someone said that to you. Along those lines, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you who that's not fair, but mm. wow, mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, totally, <laughs> totally um, unbound from science and risk discussions about a mandated vaccine. And another thing I was just going to say, too, is um, those who haven't gotten vaccinated, you know, it's not necessarily anti-vax, it's that they're just not wanting to put something in their body that's not an improved medication and right now um, I think most people are probably the ones who are following every other public health measure, measure possible mm. um, compared to some others if if you don't have COVID you can't spread COVID that seems to be a bit of a message that's been lost on people yeah. I think I've said this before but I feel compelled to say it again Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people definitely are, are <laughs> acting, acting like they've forgotten that fact, um, and it's not completely settled yet. But the uh, the big hullabaloo, you'll call it, um, around asymptomatic transmission of COVID, definitely hasn't turned out to be the uh, scary boogeyman that they made it out to be for quite some time. You know, when they're saying that we can mingle quite freely in outdoor settings without any risk of transmission, right? They brought back gym session, gym classes, workout classes, circuits where you swap gym equipment for groups outside of 20 plus people. If you are scared of COVID being transmitted outdoors in close contact with people, you wouldn't let that happen. Yeah. I, I must say though, and, and I'm gonna leave this out, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you guys to give examples unless you want to, but it, it really it really has been tough. So so I've been I've been I've been labelled as of late as irresponsible, as anti vax. I'm not anti vax by any means. I've actually taken uh, many vaccinations, all the meningitis ones. I've taken uh, hepatitis. I've taken uh, tetanus regularly because because I'm always banging myself up when I um, crash on my bike over there. So so you need you kind of need tetanus. Um, it's it's affecting it's affecting my personal relationships. Uh, stuff like that, and um, it goes without saying, you know, I've been lucky so far to have minimal fallout with my uh, work, but it is going to start to become a problem when my colleagues sort of give up on the idea of Zoom. I was saying this to Simon about offline. I'm doing alright for now, but as soon as everybody gives up on Zoom, 
and I can't necessarily scan into the same building. It's gonna be a bit of a problem. Yeah, so so I just wanna say that this session tonight and just just having Simon in my house has been a been a real morale boost. Big morale boost. Yeah man, it's been it's been tough for me too, just with some shit that's going on personally and the um unfortunate circumstances that are being what would feel like being forced on people and um making just good honest individuals mm -hmm. having to choose between uh compliance and their own personal friendships it's yeah it's 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 tough man like it's really tough mm -hmm. and it just makes it more important to to be able to have not moments of rebellion, but just moments of personal importance, like hanging out with mates and mm. um, and doing things, you know, just slowly and, and in person is all good. I haven't definitely, I haven't felt it directly so much at the moment, but I think... Oh, I remember that. Yeah, keep going. What? Doco's been apart from his wife. You're still but, apart from your wife. From, from the for the majority of this year, yeah, he's still wow. apart from her. Wow. I thought there would have been a way for you to um, come back together. <laughs> wow. You know they do have these really cool remote vibrators you can buy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Relationship tips with Jade. Um. Right now that. I don't Coming up next, stroke game and what to do about it. <laughs> right now, I haven't felt it personally. Um, I've kind of been able to keep it pretty quiet. But I think now, um, you know, for me, I've got a health condition. So that's why some people understand. But then they say, I think it will start being the question of trying to go places and trying to meet up and do things. Um, oh, where's your vaccine pass? Oh, you need to cut, you need a vaccine pass to come into our offices now. Oh, so I think things will start to change, and I just hope that um, these protests, and I really hope that the work that's going on to change things um, actually supports people's views and isn't just trying to push people in one direction. We all have our own twists and freedoms and rights. People close to Hannah and I, we met up with them for breakfast this morning. We went to Best Ugly down at Commercial Bay. Nice. And um, honestly though, bro, it felt like we were buying drugs. Because <laughs> yeah, Hannah and I couldn't go in and this, this close uh, person to us they they had a pass and, and they were doing it all and sorting out the money was just a nightmare and all, all this but yeah it felt, it felt like buying drugs just getting a bagel and a coffee trying to go back and forth oh so what is it that you want oh, <laughs> okay. oh okay yeah no, i've got that i've got this yep okay got it it's probably honestly easier to buy drugs <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's like you want to just live your life and why should we be treated as doing wrong we're no 
So I'm thinking, I'm thinking it might be a good place to wrap. Uh, we have, we have one episode left, I believe, Simon. Yeah, that's right. Heading close towards the end of the year, uh, the summer close up. Looking forward to a few weeks yeah. off just to forget about the madness or to get lost in it. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Never come back. So yeah. we we are going to make sure it's going to be a real doozy of a pickle next week. It will be the last one. Uh, following following next week's show, we're gonna you're gonna see some clips out from us. Uh, just a bit of the year in review. I know we've done like we would have done like 15 episodes, but we're just gonna take bits and pieces out of each just to remember the year that was so i really encourage you to be following my youtube channel and the odyssey channel just in case we get booted off youtube which is highly likely uh to do that you can uh type in the chat exclamation mark social uh to get all those links uh, but mo- moving to the wrapping now, I might start with you, Simon. Any final thoughts for tonight? Um, I, guess, I mean, I think I've probably said this or something similar in a, in a podcast before, but just with the, the timing of everything and, and the traffic light system and uh, the unfortunate or awkward situations people find themselves in with people being uh, removed or barred from places or uh, parts of their life not seeming to be possible anymore it's it's really important that we do what we can to to maintain it and and mm. hold on to our our relationships and our friendships that are closest to us man like the the people who are managing this pandemic would love for you to lose your informal support network because anytime people become more dependent on the 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 safety and the support of the government it means they're a lot easier to control and if there is a well-supported organic grassroots community out there then they are much less prone to the shock of government action so if we can maintain and strengthen our local net- networks um, then we can we can be a bit more uh, stubborn and and a bit more uh, stable against the mandates as they most likely will escalate so that's what I have to say I remember a quote around this um, I, I don't know if I'm getting the wording exact but just google it if you want <laughs> but, uh, but it was something around babies um, walking if we left it up to teachers uh, to teach our babies to walk within a single generation uh, communities would believe that's the only way to get it done. Mm. Hannah, final thoughts. Um, just been a great show tonight, guys, and really appreciate it. Um, How do you feel about Simon being in the building? Amazing. Come on. Amazing. So good to see you, Simon. Uh it was a great show, and I think we've just still got to stand strong, and um, I really look forward to seeing what's what's happening going forward and seeing what changes. And one thing that we kind of didn't mention, but we did, is, um, you know, we are starting to see some businesses actually highlight we're not going to be using the vaccine passes, so they're going to be staying as 
you know, pick up only businesses. So I really do like that point. Even though they, they've all had to get their shots to be able to Yeah, that's work. So, yeah. So, oh, and the other thing that I was going to say, sorry, that's what I did forget, is we have had a message from our Prime Minister for the longest time, be kind to one another. It seems that that <laughs> has suddenly disappeared once the traffic light system came into play. And it's not being communicated at all. Yeah, just just from me, you know, does it, despite all of the sort of themes of doom and gloom that we've sort of expressed tonight on the show, I'm immensely grateful uh, for my team right here, <laughs> these guys right here, and um, also for the Farrah Familia, just. For, for the fact of having this space to have uh, really uh, fulsome and civil conversations. I think I say almost every week, I cannot overstate um, how much how much I really appreciate the, the ability just to have conversations with reasonable uh, people. But for now, thank you for being a part of the channel thank you for being a part of the journey please stay awesome and how about we do it all together and we'll, we'll see, see you in the next one, one. nice <laughs>